How's it going, everyone? And welcome to episode number 89 of the Bench Time Podcast with Todd and Brett Wiley of HO Scale Customs. So we're gonna so. go we're gonna go back to that quiz where I'm gonna try and have you name as many people. Uh, this is not number that war number 89 in hockey. And mm. you said one earlier, so we'll give you that one. Yeah, Alexander McGillney. Yeah, there's a bunch on here that are some like some good big names. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Was um, I'm not sure. Was Theo Flory number eighty nine? Um, he's not on the list. Yeah, Alexander McGillney might be one of the big one, one of the biggest names. There's a few yeah. big ones though. Isn't Brent Burns from San Jose eighty nine? No, he's eighty eight. Yeah, he's not eighty nine. I act like I'm an expert because uh, I'm looking at the list. Uh, well. <laughs> I, I knew one. Okay, sure. you ready for some other ones? Yeah. I'm going to just butcher the names I don't know, and then we'll obviously not do the other do ones bad. So from the top down, Zed- This is mindless banner. Zednik, one person said one time. Zednik Blatney. I never heard of him. From the Bruins in 06. <clears throat> Michael Bodker from Air, from Phoenix in Colorado. Who? Michael Bodker. B O E D Mike M I K K E L I didn't sound that bad. Jeez Louise. M I K K E L B O E D K E R. Bender. Pavel. He played for from 09 to 19, so I don't think bender. he was a bender. Pavel Buchevich. Buchnevich. I never heard of these people. Mike Comrie. Comrie, yeah. Uh, Corey Conacker. <laughs> yeah, I remember him. Sam got Sam got. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna make fun of all the Flyers fans that used to like this guy. Sam get Sam. Uh, oh, the ghost. Sam Gagner. Oh, not Sam Simone Gagner. I know. No, it's Sam S A M G A G N E R. It's Sam Gag. Oh, it's it's Gagne. Sam yeah. Gagne, but Gagner. Flyers fans didn't like when you called him Gagner. Yeah, uh, but. He played with Philly too for one year. Yeah. Um, Frederick Goudreau, Barclay Goudreau, or Goodrow, Ryan Johnston, Max McCormick, McGillney, Nikita Nesterov, Alan Quinn, Tyler Sloan. He's a capital. Tyler Sloan? From 9 through 11. Yeah, I remember yeah. Sloan. Alex Tuck from the Knights. And uh, Darren Turcotte. Oh, Darren Turkett, he played a long time. He's a good hockey player. He played for the Whalers. He didn't play for a long time. He played from 94 to 96. <laughs> he, he played for the Whalers. For the Whalers for two years. He played for somebody else. Though, Winnipeg after. for one year. No, no, no. He played for Dallas, I believe. He must well, not have. I'm not sure. He must not have because he doesn't okay, have Okay, well, whatever. His hockey DB doesn't have it. But all Okay, right. then maybe he didn't. Let's I move on. Darren Turkett. Let's move on. This is not a okay. uh, hockey podcast. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. But, all right, we only have like eleven this is more. Mindless banner. That's okay. One of, our, one of our people who listened to one of those groups somewhere said about oh yeah, mindless banner. I've gotten the like, I've gotten the comment or two where we'll we'll talk about something else that we enjoy. So what we will talk it's about? My, it's our it's my show. Well, listen, we're almost at ninety episodes, and each one's like an hour and a half long. 
if yeah. you if we can come up with that much content without having some rants every now and then, yeah. Oh my gosh, I don't think we could do it. It's bad for him. It's my yeah. It's it's we're doing the don't damn like show. It, don't listen. Whatever. Anyways, we've gotten a few comments where people are like, snore, snore. Yeah. You guys aren't talking about railroading. Snore. Yeah. Well, we talk about everything. So hopefully your dog yeah. makes a funny noise tonight. We can make fun of that a little bit too. Uh, some bitch ain't getting in here. I have the door shut. <laughs> Doctor, we're not gonna have a little Doctor Doolittle <laughs> episode again. No, no dog, no cat tonight. Man. All right, it's all right. Not happening. All right, sounds good. Okay, well yeah. let's jump into um, our recurring content for the week. We're gonna do our patron stuff first, and then we're gonna swing on over to our topics of the week. Yeah, I did want to let everyone know that isn't a patron. We just switched up our um, man. We have 16 comments on that post for the patrons. All right. Nice. Um, we switched up our Patreon levels. Um, so now we're actually going to be giving away a craftsman kit every month. So if you're at yeah. uh, if you get on there and you see the levels that on, you'll you'll understand what you have. The, the lowest level is obviously obviously just access to the free content. Or the, mm-hmm. the extra content, not free content. Right. And then there's levels from the next one up all the way to the top where you get entries into uh, winning a craftsman kit every month. Every month, we're going to draw a name from our patrons uh, that are uh, uh, eligible, and we're going to do a lottery kind of thing every like yeah, we got lottery balls we get it all we're gonna we'll pick a ball with your number and then you will spin it in a little like bingo hopper and we're gonna pull a name for a craftsman kit once a month and we're also going to be opening up a contest build which is a current contest some of our patrons yeah. actually started this email me some photos um yeah. i know george emailed me some photos and they look awesome i'm going to be sharing them with uh, the yeah. rest of the patrons and um we got some other patrons who are also so building patron, so we have yeah. we have the monthly kit giveaway that is for certain levels. And then any patron from any level can also participate in our semi-annual, we're going to do two a year, um, building contest or some kind of contest. It won't always be a building. Uh, and you'll also get a chance to win a prize of our choosing. This month's this prize, it goes to October 31st, is a gift card, uh, $50 gift card for um, one of the kit manufacturers, which you'll find out when you become a patron. So That's for... Right, and that's uh, now now the the build contest. It's for anyone, for, for anyone. Right, and um, the kit is for certain levels, and you, that's in our Patreon right. page. So correct. So the build, uh, what I am going to do, and this weekend I'll have it up by the end of the weekend. I will have a graphic up on it, and I'll blast a, a flyer type thing out there online, a e flyer. Well, I don't uh, feel right for doing the that. Contest. I don't feel right doing that to people who aren't patrons because then we're no, asking the contest. Yeah, but that's for, for patrons. Contest. Not the build contest. It's only for patrons, Dad. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, then screw that. Yeah, you can put a graphic up for our patrons, but I'll I don't want to... put wanna... it up on our patrons yeah. page only. Anyways, so you'll get all right. That so, a reminder. moving on. If you guys are interested in that, as well as getting our exclusive uh, Overtime at the Bench podcast, which we're doing two a month now, um, and you get... To be anyone at any level gets those and any level gets to be able to ask questions to us or if we have a guest on you get to ask questions for our guests um so let's jump into that if you guys want the access for those extra benefits and our new contests you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash ho scale customs enough of that let's jump into our topics here so let's do it patron topics yeah Uh, there was a fun joke there was a fun joke the other night maybe last night about um uh, 
working in one-to-one scale and i got on there and was joking around how yeah, i was gonna I tried to follow that i was gonna ask my wife if i could build a, a one-eighth scale track in our yard quarter mile track and uh scott now one-eighth can you ride on a one-eighth yeah you can ride on a one-eighth yeah okay yeah they, that's like the little miniature train it's bigger than one it's bigger you than sit the, on it yeah, you sit on like a car in the back, like the coal car. You would sit on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You um, would sit on like a chair. It's yeah. Like a, it's like a bench almost. It, no, and it's not wide enough for a bench. You kind of sit. Oh. If you have two people, it's like front to back. Oh. But anyways, um, Scott Horgan was asking if uh, if I'll start laying 7.5-inch gauge track at my at the Wiley place, and I will not be. It, <laughs> the, the, I, I showed Kristen the YouTube video of uh, – people riding them through their yards and she's like no no yeah. way that ain't gonna happen yeah I, I i wouldn't go with that either it's not my kind of thing but hey <laughs> everybody's got their thing i mean you almost you have to have that conductor hat i kind of i kind of did ask her in the in, neighbors are gonna laugh I, at you I, take I, pictures I don't have any neighbors and, you have neighbors well, i have one neighbor but they probably can't even hear the train <laughs> so anyways all right well so no scott it was a no-go um, Lynn is asking, this is more of an operations question, uh, not operations like a train, but operations for us at HO Scale Customs. Um, how do we find time? Time to work on our structures, the podcast, overtime stuff, toolbox talk, uh, oh, between working, family, eating, sleeping, my running, working on your own projects, layout, etc. How do we find time to do all of this? Well, um, that's a good question, Lynn. Really? The, we build it in. I mean, the, well, and the only thing that really sets aside, like the videos that I did on YouTube um, recently, and I'm starting to do more. Um, my goal is one of one a week, but um, that I'm just doing something that I'm already working on, you know. So like the one I did with the sponge, you were down here. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, it's not my technique, but I just want to show you how I do it. Right. Um, so I just sat down here and record it while I'm working. So that's easy. I can just do that on the fly as I'm working. Um, the only thing that really sets aside a time from building models is the po- this, the podcast. Um, yeah. You know, uh, you're gonna. You said you wanted to start writing some more how tos. Well, that's right. not that. I mean, you're not really taking much time away because, you know, if, if if it's you and mom are watching a movie or whatever, you're just chilling in the living room. I can write. You can write it because you know what yeah. you, if you're, say you're working on something tomorrow Until night. So she asked me a question. Go ahead. No, but I'm saying, say you're working on something tomorrow night mm-hmm. and you're like, hey, this is a really cool technique. I want to write right. a how-to article on that. Yeah. Well, you could just wait until, you know, hey, hey tomorrow before I work at the bench, I'm just going to spend 20 minutes or 30 right. minutes and write this quick article and uh, done. So right. the, the content itself, other than the podcast, kind of creates itself by us just working. Right. Um, so really the main thing is the time when we do the podcast i mean the podcast is yeah we we must set aside you know time in the evening it takes about we do it on wednesday nights usually and wednesdays and, and it takes about yeah. two hours on a wednesday night um right. r- roughly to record the main episode this one the toolbox right. talk and the um and the over i mean the toolbox talk and the overtime one every other week so yeah and you uh, had to make it. You had to build it like it's um, not, like Brett and I got in the habit of doing it every Wednesday if we could. However, we have the by picking Wednesday as the night and then having it go out on Friday, we've built in our own little fail, a little 
brake system to where we can, like, if I'm not feeling it that Friday night or that Wednesday night or Brett's got something going on that Wednesday or he ain't feeling it or one of the girls is sick or something like that, you know, we can we can do it on Thursday. We can do it on Tuesday. You know, yeah, we know say, there's you – know Yeah. We, we, we make it work. And the whole idea right. is um, now we're almost 90 weeks in. It's just yeah. become routine. We just do yeah, it. Yeah, it's a routine like um, anything else. I got to just do it. It's part of the thing. And, uh, and we love doing it. We I don't, love doing it. I don't think about it, though. It's not like I'm like, oh, I got to record yeah. this thing again. Right, so, right. No, yeah, that's just it. But there's times, though, where, you know, I wasn't feeling well or something like that. And I was like, hey, you know what? I'm just not feeling like doing that tonight. I'm just not into it. Yeah, both it. of us like, were like that. I'm not feeling, you know? yeah. So, so can we do it tomorrow? I mean, yeah, we always, we, like, yeah, yeah. Or, the, or I didn't have power. We had a couple of those nights. Yeah, so. we had some of them. It happens. Uh, you know, shit happens. But yeah. Yeah, right. So <laughs> so that's it, that. Yeah. Um, and making time is, it, it, it's, it's a very good question. And it, it is, you know, you do have to make time for your family and your kids and your Things right. that are going on. You're right. And, uh, and work. I mean, I can't just take this shit to work with me and, um, uh, you know, and, and do it at my job. I have a job that I've got to sit at my desk and do my own thing. I can't do this. Yeah. And, I, you know, but. Well, I'll so, be up till 11 o'clock tonight editing right. this and, you know, getting all that done. Right. So. And if we feel there's tension on the rise in the house, we might be in trouble for doing there's some, well, then we then we don't do it, you know? Yeah. You back off. And you there's, gotta be smart about it. There's been some episodes where I'll I'll message you and be like, It ain't gonna fly tonight. It ain't gonna yeah. work. Yeah. So you know, we back off Same and with our workbench. We, I mean we, I, I if I can I'll sit in here and do some work and if I can't, well then I, I don't. And yeah. I got I do I do spend a little bit of time each night. I make uh, some time to sit, maybe watch a movie or do something like that. You know, with, yeah. Um, well, you just to have spend to spend some time with my family. You just have to. It's like anything that you do that you want to be better at constantly, right. whether it's me with running. Um, mm-hmm. I make time to run. Uh, and my wife knows that it's something that I want to be better at all the time. Yeah. Even though I so. can run ridiculous miles. I want to be, I still want to be better. Same with modeling. She knows right. that we do this and we have a podcast and we have response. Yeah, I'm always trying to improve. We have modeling responsibilities because we got to build in order to make mm-hmm. the content. And we, you know, we're in a weird position because we have to kind of continue building to be able to continue making content for you guys to listen and for us to talk about. Right. Uh, otherwise, we're going to be telling you the same story every week. And, uh, right. uh, and we got to improve. Yeah, and we got to be better. Improve it. If I suck at this, Nobody's going to want to watch my video. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not a master builder or anything. I'm just saying, you know, but, you know, I got to well, try and improve. And I got So if in the process of that, you show your mistakes and everything else and let them know, hey, you're human. And I'm going to get to that at the end of this I show. I goof up on my videos and stuff, and, and it's fun. So yeah. I flicked that sponge mm-hmm. at myself uh, in the middle of my last yeah, one. Yeah, that was pretty funny, actually. But uh, anyways, so that's how we that's do that. That's a good question. That's a good question, Lynn. Uh, mind mount models slash Ron Kleiss is asking, mm-hmm. how do you prepare for a train show? Be it as a shopper, a vendor, or a podcaster. Um, oh, and he's got a couple set, couple bullet points. It so setting a budget that we all know we're going to break anyways. A want slash need list, and maybe an HO scale customs banner. Um, well, yeah. So we have a banner already. Uh, and I think it's if you're if you're gonna be setting up a show as a vendor, 
I think a banner of some sort e- is pretty cool. A banner I've seen or a, I even thought about getting a table throw for us instead of the banner. Well, there's that. There's that's an idea as well. I I know that when you go to the show, take a look around at the shows that you go to or visit, and and if you're going to become a vendor and you want to see what yeah you know see how they do it. I've seen some really cool displays. That, I think Jason Jensen knows of some company, and I'll have to ask him again what that company was. He told me at the expo he had um, some company made. They do like pop ups. Like made out of PVC piping, and it went up, and it had a banner. Is like a whole. It holds a banner. It's like a frame. Yeah. You know, on a stand. You and could it probably. High. Honestly, you could probably. Make it yourself with some PVC too. You, know, you could probably get, get on Pinterest and look for one. I'm sure. I'm sure. And and you know not just that, but there are companies that do that. And then he also he, he, that there's companies out there that will make you like cardboard cutout of your company, like like a big blown up picture on a piece of cardboard that stands up. There's those types of things. Business cards are huge, so you want to have a nice business card that everybody's going to remember. And uh, not just throw into a box, you know, just a creative business card. Um, Brett had some ideas on how to do creative business cards. He might have an idea on that. Yeah. But you could could throw them out onto uh, the table. You need to have them there for the customers that are coming up. We don't sell kits, but we do have business cards at our table when we go to shows. And um, the few that we've done, and we got some more. We we will have more here coming up here. But, um, you know, it's... Yeah, those those are things you definitely want to have. You want to definitely maybe well, wear a shirt uh, that has your company logo on it, that type of thing. These are things that aren't going to break the budget necessarily. Well, and now we're only talking about it as a a vendor. He's also saying, okay, uh, I, I understand that as a shopper as well. As a shopper, yeah, I think you have to have a limit when you I go think in. And with, say, you know, with this, anything, this is what I can spend. Without going haywire and nuts and putting my family in the best, the best way to do that is probably <laughs> the best way to do that kind of stuff is probably go in like almost like you would go into. Um, uh, it's not like I've gone into a ton of casinos, but almost like you'd go into a casino or well, you go in with cash. You say, okay, um, I'm going to spend fifty dollars, or I'm going to spend a hundred dollars, or I'm going to spend yeah whatever. If you're looking for a locomotive, you might take in more cash, obviously. Right. So you but keep the credit cards at home. You, don't don't take them. Yeah, you just go in and you say, "I'm allowed. I'm allowing myself self to spend X, whether that's yeah. five hundred or two fifty or a hundred or fifty dollars, mm-hmm. whatever it is." And 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 I, I like the idea of a shopping list. Like, um, yeah, you know, if you're going in and you say, uh, "This is the things that I need, and these are the things that I want," and right. that way, if you can get the things you need, maybe at a deal. Sometimes yeah. there's like those bargain bins. Some people have some bargain stuff. Maybe you can right. get your needs cheap. Yeah. And you have a little bit of blow money left over. And then you can go over to your wants list. Right. So that, that's a good idea. I mean, you have your have tos. I, I need this. I need that. I need this. Everyone has. I have to complete this. If you're currently working on something, you have a, you have right. things you need. So and put just a couple things down that you want. Not a lot. So that way, things that you're pretty sure you'll be able to find there, too. Yeah, and right. If you find it, and that's great. And then have that little pocket of money extra that says, okay, this is the fringe stuff. You know, the the the, the icy on the cake kind of thing. So after, and I can go, I can get, I can use this much extra money 
to buy these extra cool things. And if you just go with that in mind on your list and when you come back out, you're going to feel like, okay, you know what? I got the things I like. It was all worthwhile. I got all the things I need. Uh, and then I got a couple things I like, and I'm very satisfied with that. If I can walk away from the show personally with just one or two or maybe two or three things extra that weren't overly priced. <laughs> right. I, I, I feel like, okay, you know what? I got something really kind of cool with the show I wasn't expecting. Yeah, right. I didn't pay a fortune for, and, I, and I'm done. And that's the end. Totally. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a good thing. That was a good one. What was the, what was the other one? Um, Vendor. Uh, setting a budget, which we did. A want yeah. need list. And maybe uh, HS Scale Customs banner. Well, we have a banner. Um, yeah. So okay. w- that'll be there anyways. But um, right. if you do want cheap banners and table throws that turn out really nice, Ron. Uh, or, I'm sorry, Mind Mount models. Because uh, he commented his Mind Mount. Uh, I go to a site called Banners on the Cheap. I use them for work. I use them for our stuff. Mm-hmm. They come out amazing. And they're like, they're dirt cheap. Uh, yeah. I've used them for so many trade shows with work, with my actual job. Um, and they just, they turn out awesome. And they, you get them in like three days. So uh, and, that's and just a, that's just a little marketing tip if anyone One more that. tip for shows. Oh, okay, go it's ahead. Spending money. And it's one we didn't talk about. And it doesn't involve necessarily money at the show. And that is, especially if it's like a one or two day, you know, two day show or an all day long show um, and you're traveling, um, leave the show at some point. You know, you've seen everything once at least, maybe twice. (laughs) Once you've done that, don't keep hanging out. The longer you hang out, the more you're going to talk yourself into buying that one particular thing. So leave the show just temporarily. I'm not saying for the whole weekend. And go find something else to do in that town. Let's say it's in Phil for us. It's in Philadelphia, okay. And I have never been to a show in Philadelphia yet. But let's say it's in Philadelphia, and I'm checking out the show at Valley Forge uh, Visitor Center or the the shows at the Valley Forge Convention Center, okay. And I decide, you know what? I've seen everything. I got the things I want. I'm afraid I'm going to spend a lot more money, but I want to come back here. Some some of my friends are here as well. We all have friends at shows. And I want to talk with him, but I don't want to keep be tempted. So I think I'm going to take the afternoon now, the on this next day, and take part of it and go to the to see Valley Forge uh, Historical Society. You know, the where Valley Forge, where Washington, you know, whatever. You know, go see that, or go take your wife to the. That could be just as dangerous. Take your wife, yeah. or if you take your wife along, take her to the mall. But, um, <laughs> you know, that might not be a good alternative. But, you know, they find a different thing to do in that town before you go, before you leave for the show. Have it in your head. Okay, these are a couple things I'd like to see. I've not been in this town or, right. or there's a museum I'd like to go check out. You know, maybe it's a train museum. I don't know. Um, but, you know, take that time and get away from there for just if, if, just like two hours or three hours and then come back later on. You know, right. And uh, just give yourself a break from the show to where you're not going to, you know. Yeah, right, right, right. Totally. So, all right. Next next question. All right. Actually, we're going to be at the Timonium show. Yeah. Um, So if anyone is listening that wants to uh, come check that out and meet us. The Green Train show and uh, 
in Timonium yeah. in October. Yeah, we will be there. Uh, we will not be doing a live podcast there. We've tried that at now, like two locations. It just doesn't turn out as it's well. It's hard. We're going to we do some live remote stuff for fun. We can't control the environment. There's a lot of noise at these places. Uh, we might do a couple of interviews on the spot with the video. Yeah. On, or, yeah. But, but there's like, just there's a lot of variables. We won't be doing an actual podcast from the show, but right, we'll be doing right. we'll be doing plenty from it. And uh, we're in talks with a few people there about uh, maybe offering a clinic. Um, that's in the works. So we'll that's in the works though. So we that's in the works though. So we gotta we gotta hash that out. But definitely, what we will be doing when we're not doing anything else as far as video or anything. I don't know about you, Dad, but I'm gonna actually bring my tool. Now build it table. I'm going to bring my toolbox down and I bring a kit down and I'm going to build a kit there that weekend on the table. So, yeah. um, while I'm we're going to do the same, I think while we're not doing anything else, I'm going to be building something while we're there. So and of course, we, you know, and talking with all you as you, oh, come yeah, by yeah. I'm not going to just keep, else. I'm not just keep my head down and work and ignore everyone. Right, but right. you know, I think it'd be fun to have something down there while I work. Right. When I, we did the expo, I had Dan Raymond building a vehicle. Yeah. And I had Ron Pobani building a small structure. And uh, I had the two of them at the table at the same time. And I had people coming up Ooh. asking them questions and everything else. So that was really cool, too. So, um, you know, it's always cool to see people I building. Idea, we but, always had people standing in front of our table at that yeah, point. I think if we're building something, that'd be fun. But yeah. um, all right. Next one. Dan Banks. How long until you switch to one eighth scale? Uh, you know, it's going to be never. So we already covered that. <laughs> Ron Piskel. Well, that was a popular topic the other night. It was. So. It went off. Ron Piskel. What is the airspeed of an unladen sparrow asking for a friend? Well, what? you know what, Ron? What? I got oh, your... What the hell? What's that mean? I think it's a Monty Python thing. I'm pretty sure it's a Monty Python thing. Uh, but I know, I know the answer. Are you ready? Yeah. In the end, it's concluded that the airspeed velocity velocity of a European unladen swallow is about 24 miles per hour or 11 meters per second. But the real question is not about swallows at all. King Arthur had the two coconut shells that he banded together to simulate the sound of a galloping horse. Blah, 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 a bunch of junk. So, uh, uh, is this from the... Is yeah, this from... it's from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Holy Grail, I was going to yeah. say. Okay. So to answer your question, 24 miles or 11 meters per second. But then, you know, there was some other banter about African or European and blue or no yellow. And anyways, uh, 24 miles an hour. We're just going to go 24 miles an hour. So that's 20, which I, I don't even do that on my bike. It is a good movie, by the way. That okay. one is a funny one. So, all right. And then he follows it up with, okay, legit question. So you've redeemed yourself, Ron. You've you've redeemed yourself. What was your worst modeling tragedy? <laughs> this is I good. have one. This well, is I fixed it, but I have one. Uh, okay, you go first. <laughs> I got right. I, I got so I many. I was doing the Western Maryland Western Maryland train station by uh, oh. Carolina Craftsman from. Uh, <laughs> And I already know what you're going to say. I thought it'd be great to do a green roof. So I did this. Uh, I painted all my um, uh, tile of the, um, the shingles this green color. Okay. It was like a, I, I was looking at an old postcard 
of that of of some old train stations that had this green roof, and they were Western, they were Maryland or B and O and Western Maryland train stations, and mm-hmm. some of them had they were old postcards, you know, like the the old colorized postcards from like the fifties and and stuff. Well, I decided I was going to paint the green roof. Okay, well, it looks great on a postcard, but it looked just like total trash looked like you know and it was like it was like baby it trailer trashed it man it was trailer trash it was bad and it was green it was just crap you know and um i remember it, you sending pictures of it to me i'm like yeah it looks yeah and i asked your mom she's like yeah it looks yeah <laughs> i like that kind of but i got this weird like kind of she kind of wriggled her nose and I'm like, kept looking at it and kept looking at it. And at, at times, it, it was times it would look great and times it wouldn't look too great. Uh, and and I had to end up ultimately repainting the entire roof. By the way, that thing turned out awesome. However, it had that green roof and it was a disaster. I also had another one. Um, it was the uh, Waterfront Willies by... by um, Oh yeah, I forgot uh, about things. that. I forgot I about that. It, it, it it's blue now, and it turned out really good as well. It's on the layout. It's on our harbor, but at one point it was this bright canary <laughs> yellow. And, Man, um, I forgot all about that one. And, and I had already assembled it at bright canary yellow, and I had to disassemble all the walls and everything very carefully so I did not split or crack or break them and then repaint all the walls remove the windows repaint the walls replace the windows and uh, and I found a real nice color blue um, that worked and but the uh, but it was a bright yellow canary canary yellow and it was it, it was hideous it was truly hideous that was a disaster and then I recently had one more disaster Oh, please elaborate. And I re- I'm working on this um, Franklin. Oh, sorry, fine scale miniatures, uh, Baxter's uh, building supply, uh, the Jewel series, and it's it's really a a very detailed model. You all, if you get on our Facebook, you'll see the photos of it. We've been talking about it for several weeks now. Um, well, I had to, I, I hand laid the track and everything else, and I had the model sitting over on this pedestal over here where I work on the actual diorama. It's a diorama, fourteen by twenty-one, and all these pieces are very, very delicate little tiny pieces of wood that go into making the rail and the platform where the train goes on. I hand laid the track, and I got a building on it now, and. I had this right near by that stand where I had the the um, uh, diorama sitting. Yeah. Uh, on the door, on a nail, I have a three-foot metal rule. And I went to take it off of there, and I fumbled it in my fingers and dropped it, and it landed on the center of that platform track. <laughs> and it cracked all the rails and a couple of the um, uh, the the plank ways that go along the side um, the, for the men to walk on next to the track. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it smashed a couple of those boards and beams. And I'd say I had like six or seven good sized beams just smashed. 
and I had to take him off and totally replace him. And uh, that one about made me cry hmm. because that one, this this model has been like I've been painstakingly taking my time with this, and I'm very proud of everything that's happened so far on it. But when that happened, I was like, oh man, I'm almost in tears. You wanted to cry, but you know, you didn't. You're like, oh shit, you know, it's just yeah. gonna happen. And they're like, oh man, now I gotta do this whole thing and replace this wood, and you know, and it's very thin pieces of wood, you know, a point two zero thickness on some of these by you know three thirty seconds of an of an of an inch, and and that's on some of these pieces of of uh, um, board. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm looking for strip wood in that size, and I'm trying to see if I have some extra. And um, and I did, thank God. Uh, but it, you know, I'm, and I replace it. You can't tell now, but everything now is far away from this model. Yeah, I don't. Oh yeah, it's a disaster. Sorry, that was a long one. That was a long one. Mine is much shorter. Well, three different things. Well, you also had the um, dollies, which turned out good, but it just looked fake. Yeah, but that was not a disaster. True, it wasn't a disaster. That's good. I still have it up here. I'm going to my, use it my only disaster, I don't know. I have a couple disasters. Um, I gave you enough time to think. Holy yeah, hell. Yeah, no. The one, obviously, we've talked about before was that Big Gulch, the Big Gulch General Store oh, yeah, barn yeah. that I made with popsicle sticks out of scale. We've all been on down. We've already heard about that 100 times. Um, I think the other one was when I tried to make that copper roof. <laughs> with, uh, yeah, with, yeah, yeah. With, with real copper and yeah. I thought it would be awesome <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the hell I was thinking I thought it would be an awesome idea to cut real copper sheets um, and leave them in ammonia <laughs> for, for like a week <laughs> so I had this I had this container of ammonia it was out. It was outside in a container, so it was it was safe. It wasn't gonna like be in my basement just fermenting. But I had this copper. Oh, I got another one. Mine weren't mine weren't model building disasters. Can mine finished the copper story. Yeah, mine weren't. This isn't a model building disaster. It's just a technique disaster. I thought they would end up looking like a green aged roof. You know, green copper. Right. Well, I went and checked on it after 24 hours and it was like aqua aquamarine blue uh-huh. i don't know what the hell happened i remember that i looked up later that it was not ammonia i was supposed to be using i should have used chlorine uh-huh. uh, that would have turned it green because everybody's got chlorine laying around well everyone has ammonia laying around i want to have a little old jug of ammonia yeah so what the hell so what am i gonna do with less ammonia now you know right but uh anyways that was one of my disaster experiments the other one was trying to make my own rust wash with um steel wool and vinegar mm-hmm. in a little mason jar it did not work it um it did not work at all it turned into uh a, I th- i'm pretty sure it was a biohazard it was it was not good <laughs> what happened it was like i opened up the lid and it was like it looked like rust, and then it was like this weird. What did you put? What did you put in a jar? You vinegar. Put something in a jar? Vinegar and, and what? Steel wool. Steel wool. Yeah. And what were you trying to achieve? I was trying to have it like deteriorate to the point where it was just a bottle of rust. 
<laughs> and then you what? Apply the rust with a brush. And then it? you wash it onto a roof, or you wash it onto uh, okay. anything where there's rust. Okay. Um, gotcha. Gotcha. It didn't work like that. It didn't work good at all. So um, uh, those were two pretty big disasters. Uh, I'm trying to think of a building that was a disaster or a model that ended up being a disaster. Um, we didn't really have any. I, the, the popsicle stick one was bad. Yeah, well, that um, one talked about a hundred times on here. Yeah. Uh, well, there was a disaster. It turned out good, but there was a disaster build, which was just a, it was just it, it was a bunch of shit. I'll just say that. Right. It was building the um, what's the name of that tavern I have? The Greyhound Tavern or something? The, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. It wasn't good. Yeah. It was the build turned out good, but it was just a catastrophe of a build because everything about it was just frustrating. Um, mm-hmm. And that was a kit from a manufacturer unnamed, but it was bad. Yes. It was an awful, awful kit. Yes. Um, it's on the layout right now. You know, I mean, it looks good now. It's never yeah. going to move because it's sunk into the layout. But uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. There wasn't really any other disasters, really. Well, I can saw it out. If I had to saw it out, I'll saw it out. Well, we don't need to. It's okay. It's good enough. Same. I know. Um, I'm trying to think. There were other, no other disasters, though. So, so anyway, cool. next. All right. Next question. <laughs> um... This one's from Silverado Northern. Uh, this question goes out to both of us. Who was the first modeler that you can remember that you that put you on the path to fine scale modeling? Oh, by the way, George Selios is too easy of an answer. Ah. Uh, um. Well, I'll be honest with you. You can say that, but when I first started getting into model rotating, he was that guy. So I will also say Malcolm Furlow. Uh, was another one. I had a book of his and I looked at it constantly. And that's how I also built my bench work and everything else is on how to build a model railroad uh, bench work through, up through everything. And for me, Malcolm Furlow is that guy. He, he modeled like a, a Western Colorado type yeah. layout. Now, I didn't do it that style. I did it George's style. You still enjoyed it, and, and it's still. But it, I built the bench work, like he said, and I did. Yeah, I enjoyed it, and I loved looking at his his modeling, his detailing was awesome. Malcolm Furlow was another world class modeler, great, great. Yeah. yeah so. For me, um, I, this is going to sound really bad, um, but George Selios, that's it. <laughs> um, so. My, how do I want to word it? This is strange. I had a strange like. Well, I had that book, and you kept reading it. When I, you that's were all kid, I read. Right? That's all I would read for inspiration yeah. for that. I mean, there was some like model railroader magazine. Dave Ferry, Dave Ferry would be another one. Dave Ferry to me, to me. Yeah, but I got yeah. model railroader magazine when I was a kid, and I honestly, I was like twelve and thirteen. I, I, I don't remember any names from it. I just looked at the yeah, pictures. Yeah, you just looked at the photos and read an article, um, but you didn't remember the guy's uh, name. Yeah. I remember some by Bob Hayden yeah. uh, back in the but, day were good. And- but, you know, for me, my path to the way I model today is kind of just self-learned through right. looking at photography. Sure. Um, and from what I was learning when I was a kid from you. So, right. Right. um I really don't have other than George Selius and that infamous book. I know it's a cop out as an answer, but that's really all I got. Uh, everything else that I learned was either from you telling me how you used to do it, 
Right. And then going back to that book and looking at it. Yep. Yeah. So. That's yeah. a good question, though. I mean. All right. Last one. Dazzy J. Any tips and techniques in how to add European flair to craftsman kits? I think I answered this question for him a long time ago. Well, a couple of months ago. That's a long time ago. <laughs> Uh, he put he put something up. Somebody put something up like yeah on Facebook, and I tried to answer it in one of our threads, and um, you know, and I think it has to come down to your roof and your 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 building design. I and mean, if you want that flare, you change the roof path. Some you colors, change the color of the roof, yeah. make it a red roof, or you know, not red, but like a, like a burgundy color, and then you know, maybe use a uh, the fish scale type. Uh, shingles or change your shingles like that um that style the diamond or the sh- uh, diamond or fish scale um that's a that's one way to do it um uh mansard roof uh if you can change the roof out and put a mansard roof on that might work as well i mean there, there's european flair that you can get just by looking at the photographs and, and making those changes um uh, some stucco building type things uh might work I, I don't know, you know, uh, yeah. here's the thing, and I, this is very important, and this is something that needs to be said on this. <clears throat> America, the United States, was founded by European settlers, and right. a lot of the designs that you'll find in the, in the, in the uh, um, eastern seaboard, especially, um, New England, um, the you know the Mid Atlantic Seaboard, um, all those areas you'll find that they have a European style to them. So a lot of the kits that you see that are historic and made for seaside towns and structures uh, that you'll find, which is most of the people we've had on here as manufacturers, um, you're going to find that they they have a very um, European style. I mean, especially the New England ones. Right. Um, you'll find that you go into these towns and look at the at the structures in in Annapolis or um, you know uh, down along the Virginia coast uh, that area. You're going to find European style buildings. Or now they're historical. Um, if you're looking for something a little more modern, it's going to be tougher to do. Uh, but I don't know if it is because I think. In Europe, I think their buildings are just like anybody else's now as far as construction goes. Uh, you know, I think they're, you know, especially their industrial buildings and such, they're not making old style industrial buildings any different in, over there than what they are over here. Right. So I think a lot of the kits that are available from a FOSS scale models or, um, you know, from uh, Jimmy Dignan uh, at, at Railroad Kits and some of these others that, that do a lot of uh, New England, oh, Carolina Craftsman Kits has, has uh, several from the New Hampshire area and things like that. I mean, these all these kit manufacturers you're going to find have that style buildings to them. Not every one of their buildings looks like that, but every one of their buildings offers that style. Right. You know, not every building, but I mean, every manufacturer has several buildings that offer that style right so you know don't think about it as think about think about the american style and where it came from historically and i think you'll find that you're not going to be too far off the mark and you can make subtle changes 
to make it look a little more European. Right, exactly. Um, I think also adding, um, what are they, like the decorative under the roof, not corbels, but um, adding some decorative... Uh, yeah, I wish I knew all those architectural terms. I, I, I don't know. The, I don't know the terminology for it, but you know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, yeah. The, under the eaves of roofs, there's some decorative right. woodwork and that kind of right. things. If you can work some of that into, and there's plenty of places I see that make it like laser cut um, or make your own. I'm not sure how you would, but um, right. adding some of that stuff to it makes it look a little more kind of you know German looking and a little bit. Right. Of, eastern looking you know what, what would it be um it's not all of europe but north and no. eastern europe kind of look so yeah. um and and you know if that's the style you're going for and you want to make some scratch built buildings along that lines and brett brings up a great point um what you can do is you know with those kind of decorative uh architectural pieces yeah get yourself a pole kit or yes, a yes. flower kit or two. Faller. Don't build them as they are supposed to be. Buy a couple of those European companies' kits. Flower, Poa. I don't know. I'm not sure of all of them, but there are several of them. Yes, they're plastic. Okay. Get them. Take them. Don't. And, and cannibalize those things and use the parts that they have in them to decorate your own structure made of, you know, your scrap material. And right. you'll get... You'll, the windows you'll, are... Are also on the faller kits and and uh-huh. was it Vol- Volmer? Yeah. Uh, the window shapes are a little different too. Right. Right. Um, it's not the normal normal window shapes you see with right. like titchy windows. Right. And you can buy a couple of those kits and you can probably make yourself, you know, four or five. Usually, say you buy two of those big decent sized kits of those followers, and they're not too. You're gonna have to put an investment in of a hundred bucks and get two of them. You know, but. Uh, uh, maybe they're not they're not all that much no you're, you're right and, and you know and change out some of the parts and then maybe if you buy some cheaper ones or smaller ones and change out the parts and you save some of the other parts and in in due time you're gonna have a box full of stuff that you can use to make european style kits mm-hmm. with your with your wood and and styrene or whatever else you're gonna be able to do to make your scratch built building right so just an idea I forgot all about Faller. They have all those carnival things and like. Oh yeah, yeah. Man, there's some crazy. They got some cool looking stuff. If I, I'm looking at European. Yeah, I'm looking at it now, and there's some really neat things. But then there's some really. If cr- I was ever going to go to plastic kits, I would go to my to my layout and go with that, like all plastic kits, and just start getting into building lots of that. I would go European style and just start buying those cool kits from. From those companies. There's some uh, awesome they stuff. Are, they are pretty awesome looking, without a doubt. So, and and there's ways to Americanize them too. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, that I believe wraps up our patron questions. Let me just do a double check. And yeah, that wraps up our patron questions of the week. Um, well, I mean, that was, they were good questions. So we spent a lot of time on them. But yeah. I got some stuff. All right. So. Let's let's swing over to our actual topic. So I'm going to let my dad lead off with this. All right. Well, in the process this last couple of weeks of building um, this uh, FSM kit, um, 
the Baxters that I've been building, uh, and and with other kits. Uh, and we Brett did a special uh, video special uh, on how to weather or how to paint your building using a sea sponge, and it, it turned out great. It's not a real long one. Go check it out. It's on our web. It's on our website. It's on Facebook. Our Facebook page. It's on YouTube. Uh, just look it up. It's our newest video. Okay. Him and I have both used sea sponges or sponges for painting structures just like that many times. Um, it, in this directions for this particular kit here uh, that I'm doing, Baxter's, uh, it has me painting the normal way with a, with a paintbrush. Um, I chose not to do that this time, and I decided to sponge it like I've done with all, a lot of my other kits recently. And so I started sponging the wall. And, uh, you know, and, and Brett has a great way. Uh, he showed you the great way to do that on the video. It, it's and, quick. It's easy. Right. And, um, but I'm going to tell you how to take that weathering beyond the sponge painted. Okay. And uh, it's my own little technique that I've done on many buildings. And I did it with this one. And I produced the exact same results that, that would have been in the FSM kit had I followed the directions and painted it with the brush um, and then done what they told me to do to weather it. Um, I got the same results. The walls look pretty much identical to the photos that I'm trying to, to emulate. Um, but what I've done is, okay, after you sponge painted it like we demonstrated, and it's completely dried, you want to let it dry for overnight for one full day. That's important, and not just for this. It's for a lot of things that you would paint. It's always good to, once you paint something, and it's your main coat or your final coat, um, before you weather or do anything else like that, let something dry overnight and spend a good, if you can, 24 hours, if not longer. Okay, Because what happens is that paint finally cures, and it sets in. Okay. That's, uh, I like to do that. I think that it does take you longer to make it, you know, something finished. However, this, the paint is totally cured. Uh, it is set. It's not going to smear. You can put some other, some certain chemicals or other paints on it, and you're not going to have to worry about color blending or things like that to that degree as long as you don't over soak on th some things. Uh, it's uh, just a lot easier to work with because it's, it's pretty much, done it's permanent even though you've used a lot of times acrylic paint so what we what i do is i want to get that weathered look out of it but i don't want it to look so blotchy on my walls where you know the sponge sometimes will leave a little blotchiness that's great uh i have it on a lot of my buildings i've left it like that because sometimes i think that looks sometimes i think that looks just awesome that way mm-hmm but in this case, I wanted to have it not look like that so much. And what I did was I take a 400 grit piece of sandpaper. Um, you can use 400, you can use 600. Um, but uh, that, we're talking super duper fine. And um, with the slat board or the clapboard. Um, slat board. <laughs> with the slat board siding. Yeah. Uh, with the clapboard, um, with I'm just going to call it slang. I'm going to in the same direction the clapboard goes. What? I'm just going to start calling it slapboard. Slapboard. 
Slat. I didn't say slap. I said oh, slat. slat. I, I thought you said eat. slap. Bo- slap no. board. <laughs> slap board. But with the clapboard, um, you go with the the direction the clapboard is going, um, usually horizontally, and take it. Uh, take your sandpaper lightly across, and and don't over apply a lot of pressure, and don't sand away like a madman. Okay, because you're gonna ru- you're gonna take off all the paint. You're only taking off a little bit of the paint and the edging, and what it does is it removes it from like the edges of the of the clapboard. Um, it just takes it off a little bit at the edges. Now I'm on, on a lot of it. It's usually primer gray, or it has a India ink wash underneath it, and so your boards are gray anyways. But it removes some of the paint along the very edges and things like that with the fine. Uh, and what it does is it takes that blotchy paint from the sponge and it leaves the gaps that the sponge leaves, which is important. That's what we want. Okay. It leaves it. But what it does is it smooths them out. So they're not so ragged as little spots. And, um, it makes it look a little more nat, just a little more natural. Right. And, um, and I, and I tend to do that on all these kits. It's just another weathering technique that I do. I plan on doing it. I don't know if I'm going to do it this weekend. I'm going to try, uh, if not next week. Um, uh, but I'm going to do a live, uh, how to on it, uh, on our, you know, live feed that we do on Facebook live. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll try and explain and show what I do with a piece of clapboard because, um, yeah, I think it's it, it's neat. And I and it's not just on that. It's a uh, you can do that on the trim work as well. You know, you have your corner trim, and they're usually like what one sixteenth inch pieces of corner trim that are painted. And then what I do is I fold a piece of sandpaper in half, mm-hmm. put the put the trim in between it. And hold it between my thumb and forefinger and just lightly drag it through over and over again until I get some of the wear on the and it won't it doesn't wear it necessarily off the center of center portion of your boards. Believe it or not, it takes most it takes the paint and removes a little bit of it just along the corner edges of that of those one sixteen square uh, strips. So it leaves like that whitish edge mm-hmm. and, and or, you know, the wood colored edge or if it's stained beforehand, that gray colored edge. And what it does is it, it's like a highlight. So when you put that onto your wall on the corner, when you go to glue it on finally and it has that removed, it's going to pop. It's going to stand out and pop at you. It's not going to be solid painted tr- corner trim. Right. Okay. Because corner trim takes the abuse of most everything. Yeah. Because you know your wind wraps around it on a really bad day. All your dirt and debris that whips around a building um, is gonna if is it's, gonna remove that trim. If it's in a busy area and people or right. things are rubbing up against it, right. you know, if there's if there's uh, trash cans near it, it's gonna get banged up. Sure. There's a whole bunch of things that can weather that part of the building right. a lot quicker. Right. Exactly. So. Um, it looks really cool when you do it that way. And, um, it's just one way to do it. And that's with sandpaper 400, 400 grit is generally what I use. Mm-hmm. And, and I go, like I said, 
you have to you have to be smart about it. You have to look at it with an artistic eye, or or just be smart about it, right. not necessarily an artistic eye. But you need to be aware of how much you're taking off and when too much is too much. Okay, so you know, try it out with some practice sheet uh, practice trips first. Um, I would definitely practice it first before I would do it. Yeah. Uh, before I now I don't practice it now. Obviously, this is something I do. But uh, in time, you'll you'll just get to the point where you just naturally feel good about doing it. But take off just what you feel you need to take off, and then stop. You right. Know? And um, but don't go nuts over it. Otherwise, you won't have any paint in your damn build, damn building. So, right. But. That's one of the things I do there. Um, another thing I'm learning is how to conserve. Um, and you and I were talking about that this weekend. Uh, not using when we're building a kit. A lot of times we're building a kit. And we have all the strip wood and uh, we decide you know, we're following the directions and you're, you're putting the bracing on or. You're, you're, you're now obviously things like corner trim and things like that with your strip wood. You need to you do what's called for because that's what the look's going to give you. Right. But on on the inside of a building, if you can't see it, then you don't necessarily have to use all of the. There are some kits and some come from some manufacturers that use a lot of way bracing. too much bracing. <laughs> You know, and don't get me wrong, it's important to have bracing. And the more and more you build your kits, you'll find out where you need to have that to where it's, you know, it's it's going to be sturdy enough to be, a, you know, constructed. Right. Um, but, you know, you, you don't want to skimp away to the point where the thing's going to flop around all over the place. But, you know, if you can cut, you'll learn in time by building enough of them where you need to have that bracing, where you don't necessarily have that bracing. And then guess what? You can start saving some of that extra wood that's in your kits. And that goes in your in your piles of not necessarily scrap wood. I don't call that wood that I don't use scrap wood. Um, I don't put that in my scrap wood box. I put that into my box of, of the, you know, Strip wood pieces. I have strip wood pieces that I have not used. Right. And um, I use, I can, that's my well, good. We should rename good it. Good wood. We good should, wood. Yeah, good wood. We should, <laughs> you got some good wood. <laughs> we should, we should, <laughs> never mind. I was going to come up yeah, with, okay. I was going to come up with an, a, a name, a, a name for that wood, but we just did. Right. Good it wood. It doesn't go in the scrap box. It's too good for that. But you may need it. No, that's you your know, that, kit or, or or scratch bill. That's your good wood. Yeah, <laughs> you know, put it in the good wood box. But um, you know, I have I have I see a, your a large collection of that stuff that can, I've used from leftover from kits. Can I see I your good wood? Right now in my scrap box. Never I usually, mind. You don't even like to laugh anymore. I like to laugh. I laughed at it already the first time you said it. You said it three times. Oh, my gosh. All right. But anyhow, um, your scrap box is the stuff that has, like, the chunks of wood that you cut off and and uh, the pieces that you cut the, pe- the, the you know, your framework out, I mean, of your, your clapboard out of, that type of stuff. I stuff that all in the uh, bo- stuff you can't really explain. You get to the end of a kit and you look in the box and there's, like, whole messes of scraps of pieces of wood that you have no clue why or how they 
you know, how you built that much of it up in there. Um, they were used up pieces and things, but yeah, I got piles of that stuff. But uh, yeah, separate that stuff from your from the good wood. Yeah. So it's that's it's, it on, it's that's it the, the wood of future opportunity. Right. Right. Oh, also on that let's like on the corner trim, on your windows, uh, windows and doors. Don't just paint them one flat solid color. Um, take some like dirty white or off white color. And dry brush. Dry brushing is awesome, by the way. <laughs> and dry brush. And don't dry brush vertically across a window or a door. Okay? And don't brush. Don't dry brush horizontally across that window or the door. Dry brush at a, at a diagonal angle very, 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 very lightly with virtually no paint left in that brush except for, you know, what you take out all, you know, you take most of it out. And... Just go over it. If it takes a couple of times for it to start showing up, what's going to happen is that white is going to collect on the very, very corner edges of everything. Right. When you start seeing that, stop. If you go too far, you're going to coat everything in like a film, and you don't want to do that. You just want to coat the very corner edges of the, you know, of the window frame, uh, the interior, you know, bars in the in the side inside. What do they call those things? The bars inside the window. You know, the 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 pain the the pain separator. Yeah, the pain yeah. the pain the pain wood. I don't know what the hell they're called. What the hell so if somebody knows what says what those pieces of wood are between the panes, tell me. I have no clue what that is. So anyhow, where you'll 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 go across it diagonally, very lightly. If you go across diagonally, you're gonna pick it up on on the very edges. And you're only gonna lightly touch it until you start seeing it build up. They make really excellent windows, and we were talking about that pop feature. I found out the name put, of it. What is it? It's called a, a Munton. Oh. M-U-N-T-I-N, a Munton bar. Oh. Okay, well, I did not know that. It's a strip of wood or metal Munton. separating a strip of wood or metal separating and holding pieces of glass into a window. All right. There you go. Okay, well, we know they're Munton bars. Okay, so, <laughs> like I said, go diagonally across, get that white, very, very light buildup. It's not necessarily white, but off-white. And it'll make it look like, just like we were talking about on the corner trim, like, you know what? The paint's starting to wear away on those edges, you know? And, uh, you know, you don't want to do it with every kit, obviously. Just the ones you want to weather up a little bit. And But it makes those windows pop. So it's not just a window. It's a window with some detail. You're adding detail to that window. Right. So... Anyhow, that's it. That's that, my tips for today. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, weathering extra, uh, 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 an extended weathering topic. It was right. Yeah. Cool. Um, did we have any other topics we wanted to hit tonight? I have a bitch. Go for it. I have a bitch. It's not really a bitch in anything in particular. Or anything that really happened. It's something that I've been thinking about. I can't wait. Yeah, it's something about this hobby. And um, and um, what we need to do as modelers, and, and I see some of this happening online on you know social media with with you know obviously social media is huge for us modelers. That's how we all communicate. That's how we all see new things and learn from each other, and you know and see what's being done out there. Um, and we all communicate with each other that way. Um, there's a lot of groups out there. I know for a fact that we we put our 
stuff on up to 70 or 80 groups out there that are made for model railroading. And um, it's, it, and I read some of the threads and stuff in there, and there's a lot of new people in the, in the hobby. I see new people trying things. Mm-hmm. I see them. Now, I understand. We've had this conversation before where they put their stuff up. And, and, and when you put your own stuff out there, you got to expect some criticism. Okay. You, you, you can't expect it. I don't want to say expect it. But, yeah, you're putting yourself out there, man. So when you put it up there, you know, you may get some. If it's constructive, I think that's important. My gripe is my gripe is these people that think that because they've been modeling for a long time that, I don't know, they're too good. They're too good to give some hints or tips or to show anybody their stuff. And all they want to do is grumble and moan and piss and whine about the fact that, you know, this person didn't do it right or this person didn't do it the way they would do it. Right. Okay. And, and, I, and I, you know, and it's not so much with us. I, I don't really care about that. You know, we don't get much of that. But, but I, I read it from other people and I and I see people put stuff up and it's it's decent looking, you know, modeling or they may have a question about their modeling. And then some some ass hat gets on there and decides he wants to you know, start berating the guy's work or telling him a better way that he should have done it. Right. Okay. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. Okay, if it if it's going to be constructive and it's done in a way that's not like you should have done it like this and blah blah blah. No, say hey, an alternative method to doing what you did in the future, maybe you might want to try this technique. Your technique's pretty good. It's, it turned out okay. Yeah, but I love hearing right? other techniques. And they, there's I, a way to put your words. We've had we've had people comment on our YouTube videos like, hey, right. next time you do this, you should try it that way or this way or that way. And I'm I love it because I'm going to go back next time and try that. Right, um, but, but don't be don't be that guy. You know, <laughs> don't be that don't be that guy. The one that the one that's the the the, the grumpy prick. You know, you know no, what it is. Wants to no, be that no, guy. no. You know what it is. It's the guy that never posts his own stuff. Yeah, and, and he just gets on there and bitches about other people's work. Yeah, and then you never see his work ever. Right. You know, we have a lot of good modelers that are that are on. On our, our our patrons, a lot of our listeners, our regular listeners, we talk to them on a daily basis and we interact with them. There's a lot of interaction at HSGO Customs. Okay. We're on every different platform. We've already discussed, discussed that, you know, with, um, you know, Facebook and everywhere else, uh, you know, Instagram, wherever. And we've met a lot of good modelers. And you have met a lot of good modelers through our shows and everything else. And some of you have even met as a result of being in a lot of these rooms or groups and things, including ours. But if you ever notice, the ones that have amazing stuff, they're the nicest guys out there. There's not one of them. Right. There's not one pompous one that I can think of that says, you know what? Except that Todd Wiley guy. No, well, yeah, sometimes. No, <laughs> but you know, it, it's though everybody has a there's a respect out there. You know, you don't bash other people's stuff. You're putting your stuff up. Everybody knows it's it's good stuff. You know, I'll see I'll see stuff. You know, you don't see Jason Jensen bashing somebody out there. It doesn't happen. He's too nice to begin with. You know, all these guys are. They're good modelers. I mean, 
I mean, you know, Frank Varga has he has his own group page. We've had him on as a guest. And this guy, he he has all different kind of modelers get on his group page, and it's a very active page. And um, you know, and, and some are all outstanding. Some are just okay. You know, whatever. But we're not judging. Stop being judgmental jerks. You know, everybody does stop, their own thing. You're stop, trying to learn. Stop being an asshole. Frank is yeah. Frank is always on there with just about every post that goes up. He's complimenting it, and he's telling he might give him a hint yeah, or two. Yeah, it's always nice. So does Jason. So does Dave Kuzwick and a million other people that we've had on this show. They all get on there. Nobody bad mouths or bashes stuff. And if you have a talent, they teach it. They try and show if somebody yeah, I has want, a question. I just want everyone to become better. Whatever, whatever, says, whatever better means. I want yeah, you to be get better. Yeah, don't there and go. Yeah, but don't get, don't put your stuff up there too. There's that, there's that group and go. Oh, look at my stuff. Look at my. Yeah, you know, that's all they want. They want somebody. Yeah, look, look how great my stuff is, and they get all, you know, bet if if people aren't compliment it don't yeah. put it up there don't put it up there fishing for a compliment put so it up there to teach so that's your put it up there to teach that's your bitch of the day i'm just i, I i'm tired i don't want to see the judgmental stuff and on some of the groups not so much the fine skill groups but some of the other groups i see where uh there's some there's some people bashing other people and i've seen it some of it's been rude and and uh i i, I hate reading it and it bothers me i always try and go in and right defend well that and you know what for the most part, everyone else sees it. That guy's being a dickhead. So right, right. <laughs> I'm just gonna just gonna no, say. No, I, I get that, but I'm I'm just saying it you still know, doesn't help. No, I mean I, I hate the judgmental part of the hobby, and and uh, it's it's it, it turns people off. Everybody knows, like he said, everybody knows who that person is. Uh, don't don't be that person, man. Help help out, and, right. and you're gonna get a whole lot more respect in the hobby. Uh, by by being a nice guy, man. And, right. and not just a hobby. In life, in life, you're yeah. gonna be more respected by having a smile on your face and being friendly to people instead of being a grumpy prick. Right. Yeah. All right. That's my bitch. I'm done. Yeah. That was a. That was deep. That was deep. It was. Well, I just just. All right. So real Anyhow. quick, what do you got on your workbench? We're gonna go through this real quick, and then we're gonna record the <laughs> toolbox talk. I got my walls uh, for the for the the uh so this is the new part of the building i'm working on uh -huh. it's another part of the structure i i painted them and i'm getting ready to put the windows and stuff in them and that's going to be constructed here shortly it's the shop it's the shop on baxter's and that's what i have working here tonight uh on my bench it's all it's all it's all coming along pretty good um it's gonna start going faster now i can tell because um, it's more, this building kit is starting to become now more like all the other kits I've built, uh, where it's, uh, you know, laser cut walls and things like that. So it moves a little quicker. Um, nice. so yeah. Cool. What do you got going on? Well, oh, I oh, you tell what you got going on. Then we're going to talk about what we got going on together. Yeah. Um, right. so I was working on the pickup truck a little more. I'm going to have that done here in the next few days. I got to um, hold that on Friday. It looks on Saturday. It looks really cool. Yeah, I mean it is bent to shit. I bent the yeah, I actually bent the frame of it. Um yeah. so that way when I set it on its tires and wheels, it is actually going to be um everyone's <laughs> seen that truck driving on the highway that's like 
yeah. the body is the body's dented but the, you can tell the frame is dent it almost oh, yeah. looks like it's driving crooked you know what i'm talking yeah. about yeah so everyone's seen that truck i did that with it it looks, um, really cool. it looks just as good really the only thing i have to do is assemble the truck bed the bed of the pickup truck and put the wheels on it and um make a little diorama little 12 inch yeah. by 12 inch diorama for it so yeah. that's what i got going on right now uh i'm also building the oh oh the results of the poll from last week the jordan miniature won yeah so i'll be ah, building so that'll be your next thing i'll be building that the one jordan. next um the jordan miniature that'll be my next project um and then currently, my dad and I are both working on one kit at the same time. We're working on, you might have seen on Facebook, we're working on the terminal kit. So, um, finally started the terminal. Yeah. So now I'm working on the tavern uh, and a few other smaller buildings that attach to the tavern. And my dad is working on the um, Coswell Shoe. Yeah. The Coswell shoe. Fruits. The shoe. The, the mill. Mill. Yeah. The big building. So. And- and we, yeah, that was something we were working on on Sunday together down there at, at we're building it right there at the pinch or, or I mean, right at the layout. And, um, we found a spot for the whole thing. It's going to work out really nice. Um, yeah, I loved it. Brett moves a lot quicker than I did, although I had a lot more walls, but, uh, yeah, but I mean, I, um, you fly. I just work different. I mean, I was actually, you were joking about, we were, we were both joking about that down here together. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, with what I did, I braced it. I braced the walls, sanded the walls, stained the walls, trimmed them out, painted them, started putting signs on it all within like two hours. So and I'm still bracing. I'm still bracing my <laughs> now wall. you have a lot more walls. Yeah. But, but then I was also trying to figure the direction. Yeah. Down, your, so. your, yours yeah, is a the little, wall, the, the bracing diagram. Yours is a little more intricate than mine. So yeah. your section, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, and mine's it's a cool kit. Mine's it's a little gonna smaller. Be, I, I'm going to love doing this kit. I can tell. Yeah. Well, yeah. um, I might work ahead on a few of the smaller buildings. Right. Um, and then just leave the one you're working on set aside as well as the other ones. But I might go down through and do like the tavern and the two other smaller ones that are attached to the tavern. Mm-hmm. that connect to yours um ahead of time so that way by the time you're done with the tavern we can just click those together right and um well they don't click together like a lego but you guys know yeah. um so yeah that's what we're working on together uh we've already figured out a place to put it and we're gonna you know put a little uh, canal beside it and everything so um, yeah it's gonna look cool yeah it's gonna be awesome i'm excited all right, well, that wraps up this week's episode. We are quickly going to announce uh, the winner from last week's podcast, as well as my dad is going to go through what you need to do this week to win a kit from RailroadKits.com for this week's contest. So I'm going to hand it over to my dad. All right. Well, our winner this week of the um, I Am Obsessed With This uh, contest um, was something that you were obviously obsessed with. And the winner was Ken A., and he has these press metal uh, antique trucks uh, and cars, and uh, he restores them. And he's getting into restoring those and collecting those. And he sent us some photos. They were really cool. Uh, he is our winner. We'll make sure we can get in contact with you, Ken, and we'll make sure you get a, a, kit, a kit from Railroad Kits. Um, and then, of course, um, uh, the new contest this week. 
will be something similar. We're gonna, again with a photograph, put it up on our Facebook page on the actual uh, link to the this week's episode. And then, of course, um, if you can't, just send it, send it to us by email uh, through our website. Um, uh, or uh, I don't know if there's another way you collect them, Brett, or not, or or the messages you get. Okay. So you can either post them on the <laughs> Facebook page for our pin post. You can put a photo there, or you can email them the podcast at hoscalecustoms.com. Right. All right. And so what the contest this week will be will be – um, your ugliest paintbrush that you actually use. I want to see the paint. Uh, I want to see a photo of the. Everybody's got that ugly, beat ass paintbrush that you that you you swear by and you use it. I got you one. Don't ditch it with you. You know, sometimes I get some paintbrushes and they're, they're they they outuse their yeah, usefulness. You clean house. And I and I throw them out. Okay, but I got some crappy ones that they're not really crappy. They just look bad. They look like they look like if it was a horror show, they would be the main character, you know, but they do their job. And and that that's I want the photo of that ugly ass paintbrush that you actually use and it's effective for you in your mind. Right. All right. That's what I want. So let's see your ugly ass paintbrushes um, <laughs> this week. So I got one and it's disgusting and I will post it as well for, as for fun. But me too. I do cool. it as well. Well, that's it, guys. Uh, have an awesome weekend and uh, enjoy modeling. Happy modeling, everyone. Good night.